this is your first time here, welcome home. Uh, and if it's your first time here, you need to come back next week because I am not the normal teacher. So you've just kind of made it a, a thing that you have to come back and hear Muta, Pastor Muta next week uh, because he's far better than me. And so uh, I would encourage you, enjoy today, but make sure you come back next week. Uh, today, we're talking about something exciting. This has been a rough year for my family, and uh, I want to just start out because I want you to understand that we uh, have gone through some stuff, and so this morning you're going to hear me teaching myself, and hopefully you can get something from it. Uh, Almost a year ago, um, we found out that one of our sons was struggling with addiction, and we've been walking Um, with him for the last year trying to overcome that and through um, different doctors, uh, different programs, uh, we're we're hoping something sticks because it's still a struggle. And then in uh, February, uh, another one of our sons who um, has never been in trouble his entire life, we get a phone call. We were actually, Jen and I were Um, pulling back into the harbor from a cruise we were on, a joyous time. And her phone starts ringing. And this son, who's been uh, just an exemplary young man, we get a phone call that he's in jail. And he's spent uh, most of this year, he just recently got out, but from February till September, he spent nine months in jail. And... uh, it has been a struggle for our family. And in that time, um, Jen and I have spent tons of time on our knees. But we really want to see joy in the situation. And you say, how can you have joy in those struggles? Well, we're going to talk about it today. So if you have a Bible, open up to James. We're going to, um, <clears throat> James chapter 1. But we're going to just read through it, and then we'll talk about it. James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Will you pray with me? Father, I just pray that uh, as each of us faces trials, some small, some big, I pray that today we would learn to uh, have a joy as we walk through them. And I pray that uh, your words would speak through me today. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. So this is from the book of James. Uh, A little bit about James. He's the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, He was the head of the church in Jerusalem after Jesus had ascended back into heaven. 
He wrote this book to Jewish Christians who were spread throughout the Mediterranean area because of persecution. And he ends up dying a martyr through stoning. This dude had some trials. Okay? He went through some stuff. So he can speak directly to what we're, we're hearing today. He's been through it. And we're going to break it down verse by verse. So let's just take this first one. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word trial and joy, I don't feel like they go together. They don't mix. And I know that I've been finding myself asking God, even this week, how am I supposed to have joy in our situation? How am I supposed to lift up your name when things seem to not be going the way that I want them to go? And yet James is saying, no, listen, count it all joy. Because when we walk through these trials, we actually learn something about ourselves. And we grow. Many, uh, if you look here, it doesn't say if you meet a trial, and I know if you've ever listened to a passage on this, many um, pastors will point this out. It doesn't, it doesn't say if you meet a trial, it just basically says you're going to. How many? Raise your hand. How many people have been through a trial of some kind? Yeah, everybody's gone through something. In our house, it could just be we've got three girls. It could just be like, what are we wearing to school? Some days that's a trial, Right? And our school is uniform free, or we have uniforms, uniforms, and it's still a trial sometimes. Like, I don't want this sweater if it matches. Um, But that's a trial some mornings. But we all go through something. And so today we're going to talk about how to have joy in that, and James teaches that to us. Um, If you've got your teaching sheets, you can take those out. And the first thing we get is in verse 3 here. It says, and let steadfastness have its full effect. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Verse, two, or verse 3, yeah. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So our first point is that patience is developed. Patience is developed. Steadfastness here, another word for that is patient endurance. So this isn't the type of patience where you're going to the Secretary of State building to get or whatever to get your driver's license renewed and you've got to be patient because it's going to be a while. That's not the kind of patience we're talking about. We're talking about patient endurance. It's the type of, well, if you want to run a marathon, for me, maybe some of you could, I can't. For me, if I went and tried to do that, I'd make it maybe a mile down the road and I would just collapse and be done, right? But I need to build endurance, I remember uh, several years ago, probably six or seven years ago, I took a group of uh, teenagers up to Canada, and we were going to be doing a ton of hiking and kayaking. And we were going to have a blast. But the reason we were able to have a great time was because we had kayaked here, and we had just gone around the lake, and we had built our endurance, and the kids got used to paddling And then we went hiking, and we would go hiking at different parks around the area, and nothing could compare to what we were going to be going into, 
but we had trained ourselves and gotten ourselves prepared so that we could endure, and we walked through it. In trials, we learn that we have to trust the process, which if you've been uh, with us in our Ruth series, which will continue next week, that's one thing we're learning there is trust the process. But we have to be patient, and patient to endure the hard times. Uh, Revelation 3.10 says, Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world. He's writing this to a church that has been persecuted, and they have not been perfect, but they have continued to walk with God even through the persecution. And he's saying, because you've endured this, because you've been patient, you're going to get through it. And I'm going to be there with you. And so patient endurance is a muscle that we have to work. And if we never go through a trial, we can't work that muscle. And so God allows us to go through trials so that we can gain this. He allows our faith to be tested so that we can grow in patient endurance. And then in verse 4 it says, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So as you go through it, you're going to mature. So the second point there is, maturity is produced. Um, Yesterday, uh, I had the privilege, it's the first time I've ever done this, I got to marry someone. And uh, it's this young man that I had in my youth group, and I remember, uh, I talked about this in the ceremony yesterday, uh, the first time I met him, he was like a sixth grader, long hair, skinny kid, he wore LeBron James jerseys that went to his knees, and... Watching him mature, I was telling people that he, he lived around the block from me, and so he would ride his bike over to my house, and a couple of his buddies would come with him, and uh, he would uh, he'd call me on the phone sometimes and scared because the neighbor's dog was out, and he's like, can you just come pick me up? Because the neighbor's dog is out. I'm scared that these dogs are going to get me. And... Uh, he'd come over, and he's, they would film videos at my house. Uh, we talked about how they, uh, one, this is illegal, so don't mention this past year, but uh, they taught us, or taught me, I didn't know this existed, but how to make sparkler bombs. Anybody heard of these? I won't tell you how to do it if you haven't, because I don't want to encourage that. But we, uh, they decided, well, you know, we blew up some stuffed animals with these things, and then they're like, we need to get, it has to get bigger. So one of the kids, his neighbor was throwing out a toilet. And so he goes to the neighbor, he said, hey, can I, uh, can I take your toilet? And the guy's like, sure. So they bring this toilet over to my house, and they make this huge sparkler bomb, and literally neighbors from like three blocks over are calling, like, what's going on here? Because it's a huge boom. And we've, it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. I think there's, close, there's literally close to a million hits on this thing now. 
Um, but they, would, they did these goofy things. But then as he got into high school and he matured, he started just feeling called to lead worship. And he started leading worship with our youth group. And he would never sing. And then when he got to college, he took a trip with some college kids and they said, hey, we need somebody to lead worship. And he stepped out of his comfort zone and said, all right, I'll sing. And then through a series of events, he became the worship pastor at our church. And now he's just taken the job on the worship team at another large church in the area. And he's matured because he's gone through things. He's done life. And yes, evident, you know, as we grow up, we tend, to go, we tend to mature, but it's also because we go through stuff. If we just had the same thing all the time, we would never get past that. So he's not blowing toilets up anymore. He's standing up leading thousands of people in worship. Because maturity is produced when you go through things, go through trials. And we won't mature what we past what we aren't what we are challenged in. And I do believe that most people don't realize just how much they can do because we shy away from any trial. Sometimes we get put in a trial and we just just shut down and we may cry and we may just sit in that for as long as we can instead of pushing through. And we're capable of so much more if we will just allow God to mature us through the process. Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ behind and go on to maturity. The writer here is basically talking to a group of believers and saying, hey, listen, why are you still here? You've been walking with God for a while now. Why do I still have to just give you the milk, the easy thing? Why can't we push through to maturity? Why can't we go deeper? And we can go deeper as we push through the trial and we mature, mature through it. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Maybe you guys are like me. I tend to try to do everything on my own. And then at the last resort, I'm like, okay, God. I've done everything I can do. All right, now I need to go to hit my knees. And we need to be the opposite. He should be where we go first. Because it says right here, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God. God wants to give it to you. He wants to. And in our, our struggles, we've, we've had to do this quite a bit. There's been 
many times where Jen and I are in our bedroom on our knees crying out to God saying, what do we do? What do we do? I remember another situation. I won't go into details, but just in my personal life, and I remember my mom telling me, this has been years ago, my mom saying, well, have you asked God to give you some direction? I'm like, mm, no. And uh, so I said, okay, I guess that's what I should do. And I, I remember begging God, like, I don't know which direction to go, Lord, just please open my eyes. I'm not kidding you, like, the entire time I was going through the, these issues, it was just like God was like, oh, look, this is going to happen. I, it was almost as though things were revealed to me ahead of time, and then I knew exactly how to respond because God gave me that wisdom of this is the next step, this is the next step, this is the next step. And I will tell you that in that situation, I couldn't ask, have asked for a better result because God literally had my eyes opened to what was coming. And the only reason was is because I asked him to do that. And it says in the verse here that he gives generously to all without reproach. Right? He just gives it to us. Proverbs 11.2, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. That's kind of like what I was talking about, right? Like we do everything on our own. And then we think, okay, Lord, I guess it's your turn. We can't do this anymore. It's up to you. That's pride. When we decide we can do it on our, our, our own selves, we can do that. That's where pride comes in. I remember even working with, with teenagers, and I got to a point where I was like, I can teach this lesson. I don't need God to be a part of this. I mean, I wasn't actually saying that. But I'm like, I can just look over this thing for five minutes and I can go up there and teach an awesome lesson. I can do that. Do you know that those lessons didn't go over quite as well as the ones that I was like, okay, Lord, I need you here. Show me what you want to say. Speak through me. Because I was doing that in pride. It's like God has gifted me with this, this ability to talk to teenagers. So I'm just going to do it myself. It doesn't work that way. But I know that when I seek God first and I ask for His direction, for His guidance, for His wisdom, that is when it becomes clear as to what I need to do and what steps I need to take. And it says right here in James that that's what he wants to do. He wants us to ask him. And maybe the most important thing is, but let him, in verse 6 of James 1, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. When God gets you through something, faith is strengthened. Faith is strengthened. 
If you look at that verse, it says, uh, I'm losing my, my notes here. Uh, For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. This summer we spent uh, a few days in Myrtle Beach. And I remember uh, me and a couple of the kids were out in the ocean. And we were just tossing a football back and forth. And Jen and a couple of the other kids were just hanging out on the beach area there. And... We, we just, the kids and I that were in the water, we're just like, all right, we're done, let's go in. And we start walking up and we're like, whoa, Jen and the other kids are way down that way. Why? Because we've been tossed by the waves, right? We've just been moving, not even realizing it, tossed by the waves. And just every, every wave, we just move a little bit. And when we doubt God, that's what happens. We just kind of drift. But when we allow Him, we ask for wisdom, we have faith that He's going to get us through something. When we allow that, allow Him to work, our faith is truly strengthened. We have to hang on to our unmovable God, right? Because when we grab on to Him... We're not going anywhere. I had a pastor that asked me one time, he's like, how, how, uh, how are you doing in a certain situation? I said, I can't tell you how I'm doing. I just know that my faith won't be shaken because of this. And that may have just been words at the time, <laughs> to be quite honest. But that's what I wanted to tell myself, is my faith will not be, be shaken. And when you watch God work through a situation, whatever it may be in your life, maybe it's a wayward child, maybe it's the loss of a job, maybe it's um, marital issues, whatever the case may be, When you see God working, your faith is strengthened. You truly just stand back in awe and say, whoa, how's God doing this? How's God opening up this door? Second Corinthians one twenty four says, Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. If you don't have a foundational relationship with Jesus Christ, oftentimes your trials seem hopeless. And you may know people like this. I do. I see them on Facebook. Every issue is like the world's going to end. Like my baby stubbed their pinky toe. The world's over. Right? Like everything is hopeless. And when we put our foundation on Jesus, hope abounds. That's why Jen and I, we have hope that our boys are going to one day 
be walking with Jesus and changing people's lives because they have a story to tell. We believe that. And the only reason we can believe that and not be hopeless is because of our foundation on Jesus Christ, our unmovable God. And with each trial we go through, that God brings us through, our faith is strengthened. And maybe you can testify to that. I certainly can. That I grow every single day that I go through something and God's walking right next to me and, I, and there's those days where I just open up the Word of God and it's just like, boom, that's exactly what I needed to hear today, Lord. And each time that happens, I'm like, you got me. I'm just hanging on to you. I'm clinging on to you. And so this joy in trials is not like, hey, it's so great. I love it. I love going through trials. I can't wait for the next one. That's not the kind of joy we're talking about because I don't know anybody. I'm not going to be the one that's going to be crying out to God like, Lord, bring another trial into my life. I can't wait for it because I just want that joy. That's not me. But in it, we can have joy. Because we know the end result. So I may just be in wedding mode because of yesterday, but I was thinking about this last night as I was trying to figure out how to close this thing out, that if I have one of our girls come home one day, hopefully many, many, many years down the road, right? Jen told me they're not even allowed to date till they're 30 yesterday, so I'm good with that. Um... But if they come home and they're like, Dad, I met this boy, which is going to scare me. You're going to love him. And she says he's got these character traits. Patient. He's patient. Mature. He's wise. And he's got a strong faith. That is going to put joy in this dad's heart. Right? And how do you gain those things? Trials. Right? You gain those things through trials. So, whatever you're going through today... Be joyful, whatever it might be. Financial struggles, marital struggles, children's struggles, whatever. Have a joy inside of you because God can turn this all around. And He wants to. And He wants to work. But He also wants to teach us something in the middle of it. And that's where the joy comes from. Because you can see yourself growing. And again, if we never go through anything, we'll never grow. I remember being challenged once. I said that uh, if you do the same thing over and over and over and over again, you're, 
And let's, and this in particular was talking to, about a church program. If we do the same program every year over and over and over again, we've done the same thing and we've never taken a step. We've never grown. All we've done is done the same thing for 15 straight years. We've never grown past it. We've just done the same thing over and over again. And God's saying, if you're in a trial, take a step. This time, take this step. And when you look back, you won't believe what God has brought you through. And you certainly won't believe how much your faith has grown, how, how much wiser you are, how you know that if you go through that again, I know how to handle this because God was in it last time he brought me through. He'll bring me through again. And maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't even know who this God guy is. I don't know Jesus, right? And so I'm, I'm going through something. But I don't have anybody there with me. And so as I close, I just want to just tell you that we, we have those connection cards. Man, just mark on there, like, I, I'm interested in a relationship with Jesus. Because we'd love to talk to you afterwards. And I'd love to introduce you to him because he's my best friend. Because he's gotten me through a lot. And maybe you're here today and you're going through a trial. Well, on that connection card, there's a place for prayer requests. We'd love to pray alongside you. Because as I said earlier, we all are going through something. And if you're not, it's coming. That's just the nature of life. Pray with me. Father, you are incredible. You have... Uh, just shown yourself faithful to me personally time and time and time again. And Lord, I just pray that you would do the same for everyone here today. That they could lean on you in whatever trial they're going through. Because they know that they can have joy. knowing that they're going to grow, that they're going to take a step, that they're going to gain wisdom, their faith will be strengthened, Lord. I just pray blessings upon everyone here today, Father. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.